Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. And this is Shailani Alex. So Shailani, yeah. would you consider yourself a starving artist? Oh, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I got a day job, knock on wood for now. I, I think I consider myself an artist for sure. Right. Um, starving? Yeah. Do you believe in that starving artist? That definition it, that, that it exists. exists yeah i mean it exists for sure but i think there's a lot that people could do or have control over that yeah probably well the webster dictionary definition of a starving artist is an artist who sacrifices material well-being in order to focus on their artwork they typically live on minimum expenses either for a lack of business or because all their disposable income goes toward art projects. Hmm. So I, it's almost like starving artist is more of a self-inflicted <laughs> disease, <laughs> virus, something. Yeah. Because you're so into your art projects that you just forget about money back into your art and don't worry about the basic things of how to live it's like that bohemian kind of um lifestyle and some people like that some people think it's cool like living off the grid (laughs) i make my own clothes and they don't really match but that's all right because now it's art (laughs) that's right i'm just kidding i'm living walking art (laughs) that wasn't very nice (laughs) But isn't that how that whole thing started? Like that whole bohemian thing. I'm making, I'm totally making assumptions here now. But, you know, it's it's kind of, it is, actually, that's a good point. It's like taking a situation and turning it into a way that actually benefits or goes along with what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Right. So I think there's some myths and misconceptions about creativity and starving artists and I think in the bohemian sense of it you know people do art for art's sake Hmm. and you know it sounds like a good idea on the surface but then um, when you realize that you have to eat and have a place Mm -hmm. to live and that survive changes everything (laughs) um so as far as the myths the first myth is you have to starve to be an artist and you know i think it's the whole creative process that sometimes people don't need material things or things around them because it's distracting Mm -hmm. for their creative process Mm -hmm. and um that as a whole it's like a limiting belief as far as having to starve to be creative which isn't true Mm -mm. in fact studies have revealed that the portrait of the starving artist is a myth myth two artists shouldn't care about marketing Uh. and i think that's where a lot of artists and creatives kind of drop the ball yeah, I mean, there's this idea of art being consumed, right? Mm-hmm. 
And not to say that if it's not consumed, it's not art, but there is this pretty big notion of art needing to be consumed. And in fact, when we don't put a lot of value on art being consumed, um, it almost devalues it, right? right? People don't understand why we need to pay more for that or give it enough value compared to other things that we that we pay for in society. Exactly. And I think that to promote, I think artists don't want to promote themselves yeah. because, you know, it's hard because it's it their art hard. and they put a lot into it yeah. and it seems kind of sleazy or like self-promotional to kind of, you know, put yourself out there and spread the word and actually have people buy your stuff. That's why you get other people to at do it. prices that you want and, <laughs> yeah. you know... I feel like sometimes we bargain too much with people as far as, oh, well, I'll give you a break. And, you know, it was kind of like when Ashley Ambergé was on the podcast and mm-hmm. she was talking about the hot dog theory. And it's like, you know, if you go to the beach and there's a hot dog vendor and it, the hot dog's five bucks, you're not going to be like, you know... That's a little much for me. I'll pay you two seventy five, and the hot dog vendor is going to be like, "Well, no, because they're five dollars, and you don't have a problem paying for a hot dog for five dollars because you want that hot dog." And the you know, the hot dog vendor is not going to be like, "Well, I'll give it to you for a dollar," because you know you don't want to pay five. It's like if you want the hot dog, then buy the hot dog. If you don't, well, then you don't go eat something else, right? But what if you want like twenty hot dogs? You only that sounds like, like a personal problem. Seventy-five dollars. <laughs> but but there, there's some validity to that too, right? It's right. kind of like here's this one piece. I know you valued it at a certain amount from a business perspective on both ends, right? Because this is about marketing. This is about sustainability. Like you would be willing, everybody's willing to bargain a little bit if they could like offload more inventory, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think there is this kind of fine balance between being able to negotiate with an artist. Typically, I wouldn't. Also, because you have to just respect the value that that artist put on their particular piece. And if you can't afford it, then that means you just can't enjoy it. It's just right. not in your budget. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, I don't think. But but I agree. Like, just pay the freaking $5 right. <laughs> for the one hot dog you need. <laughs> right. Well, and I also think that artists get attached to their art. Hmm. And so sometimes on that level, it's hard for them to sell it at all because it's their baby or they put so much into it. And so I think like the attachment <laughs> to that sometimes Sorry. is a bit much. It yeah. needs to be looked into further. Because yeah. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's great to make art for yourself. Mm-hmm. But for me, art needs to be shared and yeah. be done for others yeah. and bring joy into others' lives. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? It's joyful. So within that thread, myth three is making money, making art is bad. And you don't have to be sleazy to succeed. Mm-hmm. And that if you make the art, you should definitely be making the money to support your art. Um, and money makes a better means than master. Mm-hmm. That's in general. And don't give income too much importance yeah. in creative work, but give it it's due and we need money to keep the lights on and the heat on and mm-hmm. everything else and if you don't have that then you can't do your art 
Um, as novelist Stephen Pressfield says, money buys you another season to create. What you, I got a question for you. Can I ask one? What do you think about these pieces of art that sell for like millions of dollars? Like what was that one? It's like a, a red square on a canvas, $4 million. Was that a Banksy? Me? I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was. I think it depends on the, I mean, obviously the artist is what people buy. Yeah. Not I, necessarily the art itself, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a good it's point. like the Picasso. People always want a Picasso, but I don't know. Me, I would love a Jackson Pollock. I can make you one. <laughs> <laughs> I can make my own Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Just spray some paint on a canvas and good to go. Well, that, so that's an interesting point, right? It's like, it's not just the, the actual content or the piece that's being sold. It's you because you've put you into that piece. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you would have. Um, but, you know, putting like these really big price tags on things as an artist, like how would you feel if someone said, Kathy, I'm going to pay you $4 million for that podcast you made yesterday. Can I just get a copy of it? And just it's only mine and, and solely mine. And I can't, you know what I mean? Like, would you be OK with that? Well, and I think that has to do with, like, selling out. Mm. And I think that has to do with with starving artist syndrome as well, is that a lot of artists feel like they're going to sell out or mm-hmm. people are going to accuse them of selling out. If it, Yeah. But I think as far as paintings like the Picasso or that $4 million piece, it's like people think of it as an investment because it does gain value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... There are other, like collectors, mm-hmm. collectors collect art, cars, whatever. And they see it as an investment more than something that they, they may enjoy it, but spending $4 million on something I think is a bit ridiculous. Well, but hey, you know, if you're, you're a baller. bazillionaire, <laughs> then $4 million's nothing. Did you see that, side note here, did you see that viral video that went around about the guy who took the grains of rice to show how rich um Bezos yes did you see that I didn't it's pretty eye-opening is it yeah well I was listening to a fresh air interview with um Terry Gross my idol and (laughs) spirit animal (laughs) and she was interviewing a guy who did a documentary on Bezos and how he started Mm -hmm. like he was at a hedge fund and that's how he started and when he first started Amazon, they lost money for like for the first 20 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but then he finally, you know, created this yeah. empire. So it was very interesting, you know, listening to that. Yeah, I, I just think that the whole concept of money, I, after we're done with this, I got to show it to you because it's just, yeah, it is very eye opening. Well, and I think the concept of money for a lot of people is that it's bad in general. It's what you do with it. And it's, you know, I think it has to do with worth and how we Mm -hmm. interpret our self-worth. And I mean, I have money issues. I seem, I I don't seem to keep it in my checking account. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's like water. (laughs) It just keeps flowing. Right. Not in, but out. Yeah. So I think, you know, depending on how you're grown up and, you know, your thoughts about money, and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot around that emotionally, how we use it and how we 
treat it basically yeah how we see it sorry i digressed us but that was just no that is interesting i mean it has to do with it really yep i mean how many grains of salt are you was it like a he, he took he basically took a grain and said, this one grain is going to represent one hundred thousand dollars, not like a dollar, <laughs> like a hundred thousand dollars, one grain of rice. Wow. And then he took it and said, this is what a billion dollars looks like. And it was this mound of rice. And he pieces away a few grains of rice. And he says, here, I just bought you a Lamborghini. And he pieces a couple away grains of rice. And he's like, I just bought you a five million dollar home. Hmm. say in the bay area or something he's like look i didn't even notice and i was like yeah that i mean i know we've seen visuals like that before but especially living where we live right now Mm -hmm. and understanding like how hard it is to just buy a semi quasi decent home and how much work it takes and then there are people out there that live less than 50 miles away from us or whatever that can buy like 20 of these and not even think twice like that is just mind-blowing to me like I don't know that I would ever get to that point and I mean if I did whether I was an artist or like working as an accountant or whatever I wanted to be like would you feel comfortable with that Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard the more money you make the more headache it is but it's just I don't know there's what do you put a cap on yourself as an artist to say I'm comfortable with fifty thousand dollars a year maybe some people are and then they don't fall into that starving artist category anymore because they're content with where they're at and how they're living Right. I don't know. And a lot of people are like that. Mm -hmm. And they're fine with what they have. Yeah, because they're happy. Because it's enough. That's right. Yeah. So three steps that we can consider is let go of the starving artist stereotype. Mm -hmm. Creativity can come from all socioeconomic levels. And just because an idea comes from a more obscure place does not necessarily make, make it better. Two, use the advantages of art to earn the attention of an audience. And you'll have a built-in market that will help you innovate and grow much more quickly. And three, use money as a means, not a master. Don't make art to make money. I certainly don't. I certainly never have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hi, ditto. (laughs) Make money to make more art. Sure. (laughs) Use business to create meaning in the world and to help that work spread. Mm -hmm. I mean, it basically basically comes down to enjoying what you're doing creatively. Yeah. And doing it for the love of art. And if it turns into money, then great. Thank God for the passion fueling that, right? Because if you didn't love it. Yeah. How awful would that be? I hate painting and I'm making nothing from it. <laughs> like, who would do that? Right. Exactly. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. I kind of wanted to maybe tag on a few things I heard from a um, vlog. There were two that I came across over this past week. One of them was from someone named Bob Baker. And I'm, when I first saw that, I almost thought it was Bob Barker. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Come on down. (laughs) You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Anyway, he's an author. Um, He talks a lot about starving artist syndrome, and he talks about stigma and how this, like, starving artist stigma really gets put on just creative types. Like, you never hear about the starving gardener. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The starving uh, landscaper. The starving mechanic. The starving mechanic. And all of those things 
are creative. They're not, yeah, they're technical and you need technical skills to do it, mm-hmm. but it's, that's just the tool set that you have. It's like the implementation of that, those tools is really the creative part of it. And so whether you're gardening, fixing a car, painting a painting, singing a song, it's still considered creative. But for some reason, the stigma around starving is really just on the artist type. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting to note, um, because if you change your mentality, kind of going back to your point of, you know, let go of that starving artist myth, Mm -hmm. uh, if you change your mentality about what it is and see an artist the same as a gardener, a mechanic or whatever, it'll start to spur some ideas of how to be creative about generating some type of an income or, or monetizing it to a certain extent the way that you want to. The second guy that I saw, his name is James Barbour. He's a singer, Broadway actor. Right. Mm. Interesting guy. Totally just seems like he's on 24 hours a day. But he does. He also does these blogs, live Facebook thing, whatever's. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to do I've never done one of those before. Facebook live. Have you done that? No. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. We might. We might start. Oh, no. Morning. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also just like YouTube videos. Anyway, he talks about a lot about starving artists. He wrote a book called Starving Artists where like the word starving is scratched out and it says thriving artists. And he just wants to encourage a lot of people to get away from the, that mentality. And some of the taxic, tactics that he suggested was um, something he calls like a 10 times theory. I think he borrowed it from somebody else. Hmm. Where basically he says, and this applies to anything, actually, not just an artist thing, but just as you're working towards a goal. Say you set your goal and you're like, I want to make a million dollars. He was like, do the work as if you're going for $10 million. Hmm. Say if you're on your um, Instagram and you set a goal of, you know, I think I could get to my goal. I, could, I think I could get some traction if I just did two posts a week, do 20. I mean, that might get a little bit excessive. But you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the idea of putting that amount of effort because you'll, you'll definitely get to your 10% of whatever that goal is, but just put more effort than just like shooting for the cap of it because that'll definitely cap you. Um, the other thing that he was saying too, a couple of quick things were to stay connected to your um to your network so kind of like some of the things I'm, I'm watching you do a lot of these things I'm like whoa Kathy's like doing it but like staying connected to people even if other people think like is that really worth your time is that really worth this and that it, mm-hmm. it kind of is he gave an example of how um, one small thing he would do is he, as he was traveling to different cities he would get a postcard from that city and he would send it to people in his network people who were doing casting and a lot of people were like why do you waste your time I know we're gonna look at that postcard but it turned out he ended up getting you know, after a series of events, like just the fact that he stayed in front of people to do that really kept him in front of that that network or that group of people that um, could support him. And then he could, you know, in reverse support back. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I notice that all the time, too. Like a lot of people say to me, Sheila, why do you go out late at night? Like you work a long day, your job's already crazy, but you go out at night and you go to these gigs and you go and support other artists. And it's like, yeah, you do, because you kind of got to stay connected to that. And I've gotten actually the last two, three big gigs that I got were because I happened to be showing up at a friend's gig and we all just kind of got talking and, you know, they remembered, they remembered me Mm -hmm. when they wanted to do something, which I'm totally thankful and grateful for. And then I met a lot of cool people along the way. So I think like even small stuff like that, are just like little steps to get towards like getting away from that. And then ultimately you'll get towards the, you know, how do I monetize this? How do I think about it more of as a business? Because a lot of artists I've seen out there, actually all of the artists, all of the musicians I work with are probably some of the hardest working people out there ever. And they, it's hard. It's hard to work in a market where you're not getting paid your value. Um, But there, you know, I, I feel like there is a little bit of a shift where people are starting to be like, you know, take their stand and say, 
I did a lot of work uh, to get you this product. I am valued this way, just really kind of getting used to speaking that language and feeling comfortable with it. And that's changing a little bit. Um, you can't, there are things that you just can't control in the market, but I think just changing your mentality and your attitude going towards that is, is also good. And then the, the last thing too, is just, um, sharpening your skill. And that goes for like anything, like spend that dedicated time creating your content, being creative, thinking about it, and then sharpening that skill. Don't let things distract you and continually have people around you that support that. Right. So it's kind of like support meaning not just here give me some money here help me think up ideas it's like back off and give me some space so mm-hmm. that you just have that that environment that you need to be able to do what you need to do so and those are really good. yeah those are great and i think being within your artist community will help with your own creativity yep and it'll keep the juices flowing and mm-hmm. you know keep you on the track of regardless if you make money off of it or not, but right. it'll keep your creativity going mm-hmm. with that support. Yeah. I, I think too, just another one more point about this, what I've noticed is actually fun and a preference for me is being collaborative with people mm-hmm. because not only does that expand your network or your audience of who, once you've created content and produced something, it gets it in front of a larger audience. That's fine. That's great. But that's, that's secondary. It really is like being able to create with other people. I, art to me is very collective. It's not a solitary type of thing. Most art, I would say, but I just, it's just so much more fun. There's so many great ideas out there. Like, why would I think I have all the greatest ideas? I don't. Right. Right. It's just, it's just really neat to work with other people. So. And that's, what's great about this podcast is that you meet other mm-hmm. podcasters and you can guest on their podcast. They mm-hmm. can guest on yours and have that collaborative effort. And you can also learn by listening to other mm-hmm. people's podcasts and, yeah. you know, the ones that are not necessarily well known, but have the listenership that you're maybe thriving for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can kind of learn, you know, different, um, types, procedure, you know, practices, mm-hmm. how to do certain things, um, you know, how to interview people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always a growing art form Yep, and yep, how to interview is. people. Yeah, I was, I was, as I was listening to this stuff, I'm like, Kathy's doing that. Kathy, like I always, I could think of just a lot, a handful of people that are doing these things and, and quite frankly, you're being successful at it. They're little steps, but it, you know, they've just turned away from that whole victim mentality of like, mm. oh, I'm starving. What was me? Like, nah, you can do this. <laughs> it's called change your head. Yeah, right. Change your mind. Change your mind about it. So some things that starving artists believe, kind of like their mindset, starving makes me a better artist. Hmm. Well, if that works for you, <laughs> then hey, go More for it. More power to you. Yeah. <laughs> money is evil. Oh. Some people do think that. And money is just a tool. I mean, I have my day job so I can do my creative projects, <laughs> basically. <laughs> the big break will come. So instead of creating a plan or creating something themselves, the starving artist believes that their big break will come and they'll be instantly rich, famous, and happy. And I think that happens a lot with kids on YouTube. Mm. You mean with the the whole influencer type thing? Well, that, and I think, you know, people want to get on YouTube, like my nephew has his own band, Mm -hmm. and he, his name is Mike Mbassiani, and the 
blues rockers in Florida. He's the one that actually created my music for the podcast. But he has come up against some um, artists, some musicians that have left his band because they want to become famous and mm. be found on YouTube. And and they're young. Yeah. And they're inexperienced. And they think that they're going to make it big on YouTube and become these, you know, millionaire musicians. But he's finding it difficult to get mm. musicians. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, in his band that will yeah. stay and do the work. Because it's not easy. It's hard work. It's a heck of hard work. And he has like 200 and, yeah. you know, over 260 gigs a year. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And, but he loves it. Yeah. But it's so. hard if you don't have a stable band to be able to work with or like a stable rotating set of folks because it, it'll impact the quality of what you deliver because yeah. it's a band, yeah, right? So exactly. it is hard work. Yeah. The next mindset is I don't need training. I'm brilliant. Oh my god! I mean, that's kind of mine. What my mindset? You're just born a genius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and the next Stop. one, my family and friends say I'm amazing. You, okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we we all get that. Wait, are these are these? Say this again. These are all. So things these that are st- mindsets. Okay, got, that it, got it. Starving artists have. Wow. That you know their family and friends say that they're amazing. So. Mm. it's like that poor woman that had that music that song friday do you remember that this was like years ago what is it it was she had this song called friday and she was mocked so much because it was so bad but it it like got all this it was on youtube well there you go there was a break (laughs) exactly (laughs) and i just just saw recently that she created another song and she was talking about that song and everything this? i'm gonna have to look it up oh god um i need a day job while you need to make some money you also need time for your art so if your day job is killing your creativity and not leaving you enough time to work on your craft then something has to change yeah i think that just depends on the person and you know how much they really want to devote to their art mm-hmm. and if they can have a part-time job and live on the part-time job then in the bay area that might be a little difficult but Mm. um but then on the flip side their mindset is i don't need a day job so it's kind of like one extreme to the other i think it all depends on your situation and you know if you're living in your parents basement if you're a trust fund baby may not need a day job (laughs) trust (laughs) fund baby Hi, San Francisco. If you're a trust fund baby, be an artist. Right. Spend your money on me. <laughs> and another category for starving artists is that they shouldn't charge too much for, for their work. So some artists are so excited about finishing a project and getting attention that they don't realize that they should charge more for it. And this is kind of what you were talking about as far as the value or devaluing. It's economics. 101. <laughs> right. And then you can't say no to jobs. No. no. Because, you know, if you don't get a, if you don't take the job or if it doesn't pay enough, but you want to take it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all depends on what your goal is mm-hmm. for your art and where you want it to go. If you just want to keep your day job and just have your art as more of a hobby. Mm-hmm. Although I hate that word hobby. I don't like that either. 
I would like to move away from using that word. Okay, we won't use the <laughs> no, word hobby. Not, not you, just like in general. It's well, like, it's true though. I don't like the word hobby either because yeah. the podcast, it may not be making me money right now, but I don't consider it a hobby. This is not a hobby. This is way too much work to be a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hobby. It's, it's like a second job for me, but yeah. it's a creative. Yeah, it's it's almost offensive, actually. Like a lot of people who don't maybe do art or whatever or create stuff. Like if when you meet them, let's say you're in a party setting, they're like, oh, you play an instrument? Oh, yeah, I guess I do. And they're like, oh, like a hobby? Right. Like, and then how, do my, how am I supposed to explain that, like, totally go off and they're like nah you know <laughs> take my earrings off no, you didn't what you just said i was i wouldn't do that but it's like how do you have take that off your earrings <laughs> don't take off my ring hold my baby <laughs> i'm about to do this this is not a hobby <laughs> okay i wouldn't do that but it but it just it presents it's this weird kind of like why would you assume it's a hobby first versus like actually being a legit kind of thing? i don't know anyway but I think that's what people do. It's like, well, what do you do for a living? It's like people just mm. want, like when you meet people, well, what do you do for a living? Uh, Make money. <laughs> live. Oh, no. Live. I live. <laughs> because people classify you and stereotype you and see you as your job. Mm. Like if you say I'm a lawyer mm-hmm. or I'm an actor, it's like, oh, you know, it's like right. different depending on what you do yeah depends on how people react to you and how exciting it is or how boring it is or you know how they can you know cash in on ride your coattails because you're you know like this big deal rapper and then they want to get to know you because you're a big deal rapper right but then what if you're like you say you're a rapper, but you made like one rap ever in your life. You know, there are people who do that too. They're just like, yeah, I'm a rapper. I don't know how to rap. And then they only have like one thing that they made like in junior high at their like junior high talent show. <laughs> I mean, it's right because cause the reality is like they don't rap. They're like making sandwiches someplace. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like maybe one seems more exciting than the other. But I. Well, that's the person calling them something that they aren't really. Are they? I mean, are they really a rapper? Maybe. What constitutes you to have that title? Well, that's well. So that's in a whole. We can talk about a whole other podcast. Talk about about it. It's just yeah. I mean, it's just really like your perception of yourself. Like you see yourself as I'm a rapper who happens to have this day job working in an office. That's Mm -hmm. okay too. That's completely valid. That's okay. So I don't. It's just. But can you call yourself a rapper if you're not creating? songs consistently well right. if, you, if you made one maybe that's enough in junior high during the and now he's show. 40 yeah okay <laughs> i mean okay that's an extreme case but you know what i mean <laughs> there are people out there just kind of making themselves out to be a little bit more than they are and, and that's that's okay because it's really not for us to no to judge right it's it's what their perception of themselves is is what we should be taking because that's up to them not us right Anyway, it gets all complicated. It is very complicated. Uh, I don't need technology is another, which, you know, I think depends on your medium, whether you need technology or not. Some of us need a website. Some of us don't. Some of us need social media. Some of us don't. So I think it just depends on. Some of us like hanging out on the street corner, selling our wares. Some of us don't. (laughs) Right. So... (laughs) 
So that, and the next one is I'm doing all the right things with my business. So the internet has really broken down the old business models. Mm. Um, yeah. How you get your music, how you get your art, how you are noticed, how, you know, you can buy things like Venmo and mm-hmm. PayPal. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think it's good to stay up with the times in some ways. It's um, hard. It's moving so fast. But I feel it like is an old lot. lady. Like when I'm trying to do that, uh, some friends of mine had just released, they were with a band that just released an album and um, Greg, actually. Greg, I went to their CD release party out in San Rafael and he goes, oh, here's a copy of our album. And he hands me over this thing that's the size of a business card. And I'm like, what was that? He's like, it's our album. It has all the artwork, all the music's on there. And I was like, what? And you flip, it's kind of cool. You flip it, you flip as part of the um, the card, mm-hmm. and it turns into a USB drive, and that's what you put into your... No way! It, I'll show you later. I was like, oh, who did this? It's so neat. And then you put your, like, your artwork on the outside of the card, and it, it literally is the size of a business card. That's but it's, awesome. It's the whole album. It has all of the artwork. If you were to print a CD, less waste. Right. All of that. It's really cool. That is cool. It's really, really cool. So ways that you can support a struggling, starving, any kind of artist in your life that won't cost a cent. I know you like that. I love free. I know you like free 99. Yeah, I do. So the one way (laughs) is to subscribe to their stuff. So like their Facebook page, follow Mm -hmm. them on Instagram, Twitter, Mm -hmm. uh, their mailing list, newsletter, you know, however you can support them via social media, buy stuff that you would buy anyway through their affiliate links. So some websites have affiliates that if you buy something on Amazon, they get a percentage of that purchase. Oh. So say you're going to buy a book on Amazon. Mm-hmm. That book will cost you exactly the same amount if you go to your friend's blog first, click on their Amazon affiliate link, and then purchase the book through that window instead. Oh, I see. So if it somebody was, has yeah. an affiliate on their website and you click that, yeah. it goes right to yes. Amazon anyway, but they get a percentage. Went through them. A side note about that, about Amazon. Did you know you could do that also for donating to chair, to um, organizations? Yeah. That's Go Amazon for making that functionality it's available. One thing, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one good. Thing. <laughs> I know. Just the one thing, but at least it's something good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and go to their events, whether it's poetry reading, art exhibit, and another one is to share their their stuff, their information, their posts, mm-hmm. like retweeting or Reposting. tagging on Instagram, yeah. and sharing their Facebook stuff, or just giving them a shout out. You know, when something comes up for them. Last but not least, tell them they're great. Even if they don't believe you. You're great, Kathy. So are you, Shailani. (laughs) You're so awesome. (laughs) Even if they don't believe you. A little pat on the back once in a while helps (laughs) keep the, you know, the artist. A little verbal hug. Right. Gets them up in the morning. You know. One, another day without jumping off of a bridge. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> People do that, Kathy. <laughs> oh 
So go out and support yourself if you're an artist. <laughs> support others. Support your friends. Support anybody that you can. Get it within a community of artists so that you can have that support and continue with your creativity and, and keep the fires burning. Right, Shailani? Yeah, right. I like this. Thank you for having this topic, Kathy. You're welcome. You didn't even know if it was a thing. I didn't. I and thank you for having me on here as always. Let Absolutely. Me join you. You are women who sarcasm. I am part of it. Yeah, a huge part of it. I mean, part of the crew. I am your. I am supporting you. You're my Kathy. left arm. <laughs> I'm <am> supporting you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know there was an actual name or that people were very actively talking about it. But mm-hmm. I am glad for it because you. We don't feel alone-ish. Right. You don't feel alone. There are all of us. We're yeah. all out here. We're not alone. create and share that creativity with others. Mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. need to support each other in that. Yes. So go and support Women Who Sarcast. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. <laughs> and you can email us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com. And just tell us what's going on, how you're being creative, or, you know, if you have a question for Shailani or me, and we'd be more than happy to answer it. Mm-hmm. And look out for details about uh, Patreon membership with Women Who Sarcast. There's lots of benefits and goodies, and an extra you don't want to miss goodies it. too, maybe. Yeah. You don't want to miss an opportunity to support women who sarcast, especially if you get free stuff. I mean, who doesn't free, love free stuff? Three ninety nine is all we cost. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love that? Who? 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 Tell me who. <laughs> so thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, and we will see you next time. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. You can find him at mikeimbasiani.com. Thank you.